Fighting. Hatred. Fear. Had enough of the noise? Welcome to Energetic Health Radio, and thank you for listening. Today, we are blessed to be able to bring you a very special guest to educate us all on the dangers of 5G radiation being emitted from all those cell towers that popped up seemingly overnight, and in every neighborhood all around the world. Hmm. With so much going on, I want to start today's show, though, by saying thank you. Thank you for having the stamina to keep pace despite the enormous obstacles during the greatest challenge freedom has ever faced. That's right, folks. This is it. Thank you for your courage, for your conviction, and through it all, for still having the will to fight on. I know it's hard. I know you just want this all to end, and I feel the exact same way you do. I'd like nothing more than for things to go back to the way they were before, imperfections and all but that's not going to happen, no matter how much we wish it would. The problems we are being confronted with, we didn't create and don't make any sense until you do something very important, until you start investigating who among the pathologically greedy are making billions of dollars off this unnecessary man-made crisis. So take heart in history. Love always overcomes evil. The Pearl Harbor moment for our generation has arrived. And I know in my soul that like those brave men who got our decimated naval fleet operational in a matter of days following that fateful December morning, I know we will rise to the challenge. Now is the time to fight, not the way they want us to fight, but the way that can be successful. So we're not going to fight against things. We're not going to fight against tyranny. We're not going to fight against corruption. But we're going to fight for something worth fighting for. Freedom. And most importantly, for love and what's right. I'm in it until we win it. And I know you are too. These months ahead will be our defining moment our opportunity to build a better world with freedom for all, for maybe the first time ever. A world where billions of dollars in your bank account doesn't give you the right to break the law and force billions of people into suffering and despair. That's not right. A world we can enjoy for the rest of our lives because we did what was right and we were at our best when our best was needed. And that's right now. Yes, it's going to take everything we got. And I know we're up to the task. They've got fear and they've got a lot of money. But we've got something much better. We've got courage and we've got our creator. Never underestimate the resiliency or ingenuity of the human spirit. 
Never give in to cowardice or evil and never let a coward make you afraid. Let's build our networks of like-minded people, of like-hearted people, so we can say in one resounding voice that we will not board your digital cattle cars. We will not go along with your attempts to pit us against one another. We will not be separated or segregated, and we will not be enslaved, even if it's by a different name. We will tell our would-be oppressors who want to profit from the problems they have created that we will see through your lies and stand together unafraid, undeterred, and unbroken. You wanted to break our spirit, but instead what you did was brought us together. If you're like me and you've had enough, if you're ready to apply peaceful pressure and be part of the solution, then join the fight at covidcon21.com. That's covidcon21.com. And let's make things right. I love you. And I mean that. It's something that we have to start saying to each other. I don't need to know you. I just need to know where your heart is. And I tell you, I love you. We are all family now. Let's start acting like it. And let's build a better world. There was a time when Americans could rely on the Fourth Estate. Well, in these challenging times, the media is both reckless and complicit. AmericaOutloud.com. Top analysis from leading experts, articles, podcast, video, and 24-7 talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. All right, welcome back, everyone. And joining us today on Energetic Health Radio is our special guest, attorney Odette Wilkins, president and general counsel of Wired Broadband Inc., a nonprofit focusing on wired broadband solutions such as fiber optics, which outperforms wireless broadband. Odette is a corporate transactional attorney practicing for over 20 years in the area of information technology and holds an MBA in finance as well, an MBA in finance from the Stern. Graduate School of Business at NYU. So that sounds pretty impressive to me. She has successfully negotiated many forms of technology agreements, including software, hardware, and cloud internet services, and has closed many multi-million dollar technological deals. She has worked with many multinational financial entertainment and technology companies, and she's just all out amazing. Uh, Welcome to the show, Odette. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Thank you. Excited to be on your show. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. Uh, Odette, you, uh, with your background uh, negotiating contracts and in the technology se- uh, sector, uh, why are you so involved in the 5G issue? It sounds to me like, you know, you'd be in favor of all the 5G towers that popped over overnight in 2020, but it, I know you're not. So what can you share with our audience about your passion for this topic? Of course. Uh, I went into technology because I feel that technology can be very beneficial for people. It makes their lives more efficient. We have much, much better economies of scale. 
it's just very beneficial for society and uh, as a whole and for people individually. But I do draw the line mm-hmm. when technology starts to harm people. And that is something that we all have to keep in mind working in technology. It's great when it helps people and it makes businesses more efficient and it makes people more efficient, but sometimes at what cost? If the cost is that people are harmed and they are physically injured or they get cancer or they get heart arrhythmias or they have sleep deprivation or they have to leave the city because of the radiation, then then we have a problem. Then the costs outweigh the benefits and we have to look at that. And that is why we formed Wired Broadband mm-hmm. because we felt that the public is not getting the information that they need about 5G. They're hearing, oh, 5G is great. Well, 5G isn't so great. Mm-hmm. And people need to find out why that is. Well, amen for that. It's refreshing to talk to an attorney with a heart, you know, and I really appreciate you having that 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 understanding that technology isn't in itself bad, but it has the potential to be bad. And we have to be able to weigh out risk and benefit, you know, all the things that we've been talking about in medicine as well. It just makes sense. It's just something that makes logical sense. So personally, I've been so immersed in the COVID topic. I don't know much about 5G. I know it's important and I want to know more, but we all have like this, you know, limited bandwidth now and, and, you know, to really focus not only on our lives, our families and everything, but you know, but really one additional topic. I think we can add one additional thing to our plate and then it becomes too much, right? So uh, what is 5G and, and what's all the hype about? What, what, what should I and my audience be concerned about with 5G? All right, well, let me tell you uh, what 5G is. 5G is simply a marketing term that the telecommunications industry has adopted. It's like having a new iPhone, you know, the mm-hmm. iPhone 7 going from the iPhone 6 to the iPhone 7 to the 10 to to the iPhone 11 to the iPhone 12. It's really exciting and you have a lot of early adopters and it generates a lot of excitement in the market. The same thing with 5G. Initially, it was 1G and then 2G, 3G, and they were kind of slow and then 4G really got it all up mm-hmm. and running and now we're t- talking about 5G and everybody, the hype is that it's going to be faster speeds, lower latency. You can download a movie in a few seconds. You can have automation. Your your refrigerator can talk to your microwave. You can have driverless cars. The, in the internet of things, that is what people are, are hearing about. And that is the hype. But frankly, I really don't know <laughs> what the hype is about because I don't know anyone who is telling me, God, I've got to get my 5G. I'm just not hearing it. So Mm -hmm. 5G has to do with a particular band of frequency. It's electromagnetic frequency Mm -hmm. and it is man-made. The electromagnetic frequency or EMF is about 600 to 850 megahertz. It's similar to 4G, but it can go up to 6 six G's, six gigahertz. And at the very high end, it can go up to 40. And then even higher than that, it goes up to 60 gigahertz. Now, if it goes up to 60 gigahertz, you don't want to be anywhere around it. That's the kind of 5G that 
the US military uses for crowd control. What they do is they beam it on people so they feel like their skin is burning and then they have to flee. That's wow. called active denial systems. So we're using a technology that even though we're using it at its low end, at its very high end, it's used as a military weapon. I'm not sure why we need to put this out into the general public and put it right next to people when this can be used as a weapon. Well, and yeah, and the other thing I just want to say is that you know wire, wired is so much faster than wireless. There's right. all this hype about 5G being fast. Well, actually, I would compare 5G to a turtle. Mm -hmm. To me, it's as slow as a turtle. In the industry magazines, I've, I've read that a two-hour high-definition movie to download from, you know, using 5G as opposed to using fiber optics, mm -hmm. how long do you think it would take to download a two-hour HD movie with 5G? Can you guess? I would say with 5G, uh, what is it? Uh, probably uh, two minutes. And with fiber optics, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I, I have a background in, um, in engineering. And what I remember a lecture uh, that I went to that blew me away when I, this is way back in 1990, you know, early 1990s. Uh, but we had a professor come in and talk to us about fiber optics. And one of the things he did was a demonstration where he ran a fiber optic line throughout the entire classroom. And he did a little pin light at one end and he measured how quickly it showed up at the other. And it was like, it was instantaneous that it traveled, you know, hundreds of feet. And he said, and, the, and there's no speed reduction, even for miles and hundreds of miles. It's like, as soon as you put a light on fiber optics really focuses. So I know fiber optics is faster, but I don't know how much faster. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So let me tell you how long it would take to download a two-hour HD movie with 5G at its current speed. It was reported to be 14 minutes. Wow, I was off. That's not, well, that's fine because that's not low latency. Mm -hmm. That's very high latency. And it, to download it with fiber optics, it took 38 seconds. Wow. See, there, you, there's no comparison with fiber optics. Fiber optics to me was something, it was so impressive, Odette, that I put together a group of people in college and we started investing in fiber optics. And uh, we invested heavily in fiber optics and then the government stole all of our money. That's a whole nother story. So we lost all of our investment. But the, the writing on the wall was clear. Fiber optics was going to be the wave of the future. Right. And 5G is really... Again, it's just industry marketing lingo so they can make a lot of money. It's basically a manufactured need. And it's just to make, and they, it, they're slated to make trillions of dollars on this. Now, I don't know about you, but I live in New York City. And when I hail a cab, I expect that there'll be a driver behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you, but if there's no driver behind that wheel, I'm not going in that cab. So. <laughs> right. So even in the world of driverless cars, I'm not participating in that. And and also 5G really isn't about cell phone coverage. You know, it's about the Internet of Things, as I was just 
talking about, and they're placing these 5Gs in the public rights of way on the street poles. So mm -hmm. you have a street pole and then they are attaching 5G. The irony is that in order for 5G to work, Mm -hmm. The backbone is fiber optics. So you have a street pole that's right outside your house, and the fiber optics runs all the way up the street pole, and then you can take, to take it from the street pole to the home. So fiber optics to the home, just a few feet away. Mm -hmm. But instead, they, put, they attach 5G, which it has a whole lot of radiation. <laughs> in it and it's a lot easier it would be a lot faster if people could get fiber optics to the home it's just an irony and not only that i just want to tell you about a, a case study uh actually in chattanooga tennessee mm -hmm. this is chattanooga tennessee is known as gig city it has the fastest internet in the western hemisphere and yeah. that's because they are fully wired with fiber optics wow so they're so they're relying more on fiber optics than 5G Chattanooga is. Correct. They're yeah, they're they were all 5G even before I think even before 5G. Uh, they were all uh, fiber optics before they even mm -hmm. uh, before even 5G came came into existence there. But the other interesting thing is that I think it was back in 2012 if I remember correctly there was a hurricane in mm -hmm. the southern states. Mm -hmm. And they were right in the middle of installing all the fiber optics cables. They and even though the fiber optics network was not fully built out, it was maybe half built out. Mm -hmm. They were able to restore commercial businesses. Wow. Very quickly. And they were able to restore power very quickly because they were not on, they were not wireless. They were not sitting on top of poles. Mm -hmm. They were underground. And so if you need emergency services, underground is where you want to be, not over the ground, especially if you get a hurricane or you get a storm. That's where you want to be. So Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee is gig city, not New York City, not San Francisco, not L.A., <laughs> Chattanooga. It's Chattanooga, Tennessee. It, that makes perfect sense in in some kind of uh, weird way. I mean, I, I I'm I'm listening to what you're saying, and and I'm like, yeah, what did happen to the fiber optic revolution? Because I remember this was, you know, I'm going to give away my age, but this was 1991, where I'm listening to a professor, you know, at, and I was at UCLA, and he was giving this incredible lecture on the the wave of the future which is going to be fiber optics and this was something we were expecting was going to dominate and it sounds like it's dominating but not dominating to the home and if we would just take that one extra step I, my suspicion is that not only is it going to be more durable meaning we get to avoid the weather and the elements and and the damage that gets ensued from there but we it also is going to be uh, less of a health risk. I, I remember a friend of mine sending me a study when 5G came out showing that at 6Gs, we get the disassociation of oxygen from red blood cells so that uh, red blood cell can't even really bind oxygen to carry it to your cells. So it's like, this has to be the limit of what we can do with this radiation technology. But it's but what you're telling me, it's also bounded on really being a weapon first and foremost. Well, yes, exactly. And it's founded on being a weapon. And also, more to your point about the health risks, 
once 5G goes up to 60 gigahertz, I have read that it takes the oxygen out of water molecules. So that right. So I've that read that same cause, study. Yeah, and that can cause hypoxia. Right, and that's that's the that's the obvious like that at that point you know there is going to be definitive. There's no question as to the damaging effects on the human body. But let, I, I got some more questions here. Well, you know, I, I am just blown away at how fast overnight all these five G towers popped up. I mean, it was like they told us two weeks to flatten the curve. And then when we came out of our homes, there was 5G everywhere, right? Which was kind of suspicious to me. Um, what are some of the legal problems with how 5G has been implemented in our country? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question because there are uh, quite a few legal problems. The first one is that the FCC did not engage in any kind of environmental assessment. of 5G. What? What? There's there's no environmental assessment, so we don't know what the safe whether it's safe or not, and there's a federal law called the National Environmental Policy Act, and under that law, federal agencies have to engage in environmental review if what they're proposing is going to have an environmental impact. What the okay. FCC did is they gave a categorical exemption to 5G. They said there's nothing to there's nothing to see here, and what happened then was the Indians back in 2019, uh, the American Indians, the United Kitoa tribe, mm -hmm. sued the FCC because there was no environmental review of the 5G towers that they were contemplating putting on Indian land. Mm -hmm. And it was brought up to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals sits right underneath the Supreme Court. It is a very important court, and they make a lot of decisions regarding federal agencies. Okay. They decided that the FCC, by just giving a blanket categorical exemption to the 5G towers, acted in an arbitrary and capricious and illogical manner. Wow, that's now, that's refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's, in other words, the court is saying you didn't do your job. And mm -hmm. so what they did is they vacated the, the 5G deployment order. And that order by the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, basically said that you can't, you don't need to do an environmental review of these 5G wireless devices wow and the court said no we're getting rid of your rule we're vacating it and that's what vacating means mm -hmm. which means that the original rule requiring environmental review still stands right now despite now this was in august of 2019 that this decision came down despite the decision by the dc circuit court of appeals the fcc has continued to roll out 5G unabated. In that, I'm sorry, I just- uh, in that how, how, how is that possible? Like, so if, if the DC Circuit Court of Appeals says that we're gonna vacate that, uh, that amendment, if I'm understanding this right, how does the FCC still have the power to ignore what the court has, has, has found? That's a good question. It's actually not an amendment. It was the entire rule. Uh, the okay. entire rule, 5G deployment rule was vacated. Mm -hmm. It Well, what the problem is that there is no time deadline 
by which the FCC has to comply. Oh, my goodness. Loophole. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, so it's a legal loophole, and they're using it to their advantage. It's now been two years, over two years, since that decision, and I'm seeing 5G towers and wireless devices and transmitting devices cropping up everywhere, on rooftops, mm -hmm. on street poles, everywhere. And so that is a, um, that is a problem. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a problem on how 5G is being implemented because there is no authority to implement it really because they have to engage in environmental review. So if the telecommunications industry is saying, oh, we're following FCC guidelines, they're not because under the rule, they have to, they have to maintain uh, some kind of environmental review. Okay, so there's, there's, there's so much to unpack here, all right? But I think what it comes down to is people with a lot of money wanted to do something. Of course, they're going to put it on uh, Native American First Nations lands first, right? Because if there is going to be a problem health-wise, we're going to see it in people that we don't care about. When have we heard that in our American history, right? We're going to put it up in, I'm sure, in more impoverished parts of cities first. And, and where we, if we have problems, we'll see it there first. These are all expendable people. And then when they say, no, we're, we are going to call you on your violation of the rules and not doing environmental impact studies and so forth. And they even get the DC Circuit Court of Appeals to agree with them. And they, the people with the money and, and who want this done say, you know what, we're going to ignore that because there's a little legal loophole here where there's no mandatory date of enforcement. So we're going to get as much of this rolled out until that legal loophole gets closed, if ever. And now, so, so if I'm understanding, all right, so, oh my goodness, we're seeing so many parallels with other things that are going on. This, this just seems to be where we're stuck in this weird netherworld of, because I said so. Why, why, why are you, what gives you the authority to do it? Because I want to, because I have a lot of money, you know, and, and I don't care about the people who it impacts. So I, I want to get a little bit more into this and, and just ask, you know, about this specific over, it's called the OTARD rule, over the air reception devices. So your team was one of the key participants in the legal brief uh, challenging the FCC's amendment um, to the OTARD rule. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that amendment and uh, the challenge that your team came up with and, and right. where you're at. Sure. The OTARD, in terms of the OTARD rule, the OTARD rule rela uh, relates to satellite dishes that people have on top of their homes or outside of their windows in order to receive satellite signals to get better TV reception. It's over-the-air reception devices. That's what it okay. stands for, over-the-air mm -hmm. reception devices. And what the FCC did is they made a rule that became effective in March. Mm -hmm stating that march of what year just to be of clear this year of, this of 2021 year. okay mm -hmm. yes they started the rulemaking procedure in january they closed it in march and they made the rule final and that allows private homeowners to enter into their own contracts with the wireless companies in order to install commercial grade cell towers on their property that means transmitting devices. Now, OTARD is supposed to be for reception. 
It's not supposed to be for transmitting. As okay. soon as you start transmitting, now you're transmitting radiation into the neighborhood. Right. And what's happening is that you don't have to give notice to your neighbors that you're going to do this. You don't have to get their consent that you're going to do this. And if they get injured from this radiation, uh -huh. they have no legal remedy. The rule states very clearly that there is it preempts all local laws, local regulations, zoning laws, homeowners associations rules, what have you, none of that applies. Anybody can put up a commercial grade cell tower on their property and irradiate everybody in their neighborhoods. So now, so this happens in January. They start this process by March. They've already decided this again, no environmental impact studies and no, and, and they're, they're, it sounds like they're abusing a rule, the OTARD rule, which is supposed to be about reception of signal so that a person can now turn their property into any, a radiation emitting property. And you don't need to notify your neighbors who have little kids and little doggies and little kitties. You don't need to notify them about it. You don't need their approval to do it. And the best part about it is you are completely protected from all liability where we heard that before, right? I mean, we're seeing the same game plan all over the place. You can, you can do this because we said so, and you can do this and you don't have to ever worry that anything bad financially can happen to you. They're weaponizing money. I mean, they're, they're really putting people in a position where you could have a radiation emitting tower on your, on your property, give the next door neighbor, little girl cancer, and no one can be held accountable for. Is that what you're telling us, Odette? Correct. Correct. My it's total federal preemption. And what happened is that the Children's Health Defense filed suit against the FCC on this. And okay, this is the case we heard about earlier in, in the year, right? Um, yes. And okay. what we and what Wired Broadband did, what my nonprofit did, along with Safe Tech Minnesota, mm -hmm. we were the lead participants in an amicus brief okay. to the DC Circuit Court of Appeals in support of the Children's Health Defense's suit opposing the FCC's amendment to the OTARD rule. We had 68 organizations on wow. the amicus brief. Now, for those of you who don't know what an amicus brief is, it's basically if, if you are not a party to the litigation, but you want to present the court with information that you think is going to be helpful for them, what you do is you present a brief as a friend of the court. So amicus means friend, uh, is basically friend of the court. Mm -hmm. And you're providing a friend of the court brief in order to help the court with its decision. We don't know when, now that was also filed with the DC Circuit Court of Appeals. It's the very same one in the United Kitoa case that vacated the FCC 5G order. Right. We're hoping to get a favorable result there. Now there's also another case which really, really has had repercussions internationally, not just nationally, but internationally. And that was the recent case also by the DC Circuit Court of Appeals. Mm -hmm. 
it was a case by the Children's Health Defense and the Environmental Health Trust against the FCC opposing their exposure limits. Now, okay. the FCC sets exposure limits of radiation above which the wireless industry cannot go. These exposure limits were set in 1996. Okay. It is now 2000, uh, 2021. Right. 25 years later. 25 years later, they still have not changed the exposure limits. Now, I don't know about you, <laughs> but do you, I do not want to go on an airplane whose safety regulations are dating back to 1996. I'm not going on that plane. And I don't see why anybody would want to go on 5G or anything else without having those exposure limits revisited. And what happened is that these, this was opened up by the FCC about six years ago, where they didn't open it up for formally for rulemaking, but okay. they just opened it up to see whether they should look at the exposure limits. And, and in 2019, they decided to close the docket and say, actually, we don't need anything. Everything is fine. No, there's nothing to see here. Wow. Meanwhile, during these six years, they received thousands of peer-reviewed scientific studies showing damage from EMF radiation. And they also received hundreds of comments of people who were actually injured from EMF radiation and some of whom had died. Wait, so wait, 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 you, you, you gotta, you gotta, so they start the process of collecting public comments, something that I've been railing on for the better part of a year because of the topic that I cover mostly there has been no public comment. So they actually in, in initiate public comment, something that all federal agencies are required to do. They get thousands of public comments talking about injuries and peer-reviewed science showing that this is not a good idea. And we know they're required to listen to it and act upon that the public comment, right? And then they say, no, we're going to close this case and just keep moving forward. We're going to close this, this, this public comment period and just keep moving forward. We don't care what you said. And to make matters worse, we're not even going to update the exposure limits from 1996. Is that, is that, am I summarizing Correct. that correctly? This, this sounds like this sounds like how our government is working right now. And I know I'm, I'm listening to myself right now, Odette, and I'm like, if you would have told me I would have been talking like this, interviewing you and having a conversation like that, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a recovering Democrat, okay? I'm now officially an independent, okay? Um, I want nothing to do with politics or anything. I just want to deal with what's right and what's wrong. I want to keep get it back to simple, basic stuff. This is wrong. I mean, I, I, I don't see how you can justify this. Money doesn't justify hurting people, right? Not. So, wow. And, therefore, and so therefore what happened is that the DC Circuit Court of Appeals okay. again slapped down the FCC okay. and said that they violated the Administrative Procedure Act. That is a federal wow. law yeah. that federal agencies have to comply with. And it and basically they have to look at all the comments that they receive mm -hmm. and make a reasoned determination mm -hmm. of what to do. 
the court said that, that the FCC never engaged in a reasoned determination at all. They just made a few sentences. It was a conclusory, conclusory remark of that there's really nothing to see here. The court <laughs> said that they violated that law and they remanded the issue of the exposure limits to the FCC, basically telling the FCC, you've got to take a look at your exposure limits. Now, the, the court didn't say where they need to put the exposure limits. It's for the FCC to make that determination, but they have to take into account all of the comments of the people who had been injured and all the thousands of scientific studies, peer-reviewed studies that have absolutely affirmed in right. EMF damage. So that is uh, that was a very big victory. And uh, people internationally are having a great time with this because they see us as an example. We now have two big victories at the DC from the DC Circuit Court of Appeals, right? We should be winning this and we should be able to stop any deployment of, of any wireless radiation that has not received environmental review. The FCC still is going is proceeding unabated and so are, so is the wireless industry. Wow. See this is this is where I go. I have no problem with people making a mint, making trillions of dollars. I, I really don't. I, I I'm totally fine with it. As long as what you're making money on is making the world a better place. As long as what you're making money on isn't hurting anyone. If they were saying we're going to make trillions of dollars rolling out fiber optics throughout the 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 country, I'd be fine with it. Would you, Odette, be okay with yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally fine. But it's where you start getting into radiation emission and, and ignoring not only federal laws. That, that APA, the Ameri the Administrative Procedures Act, is so interesting because that that was a subject of um, our our work on on COVID and looking at the CDC and and what we've talked about uh, with them. And you know, we saw that there were three federal laws they violated: the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the Information Quality Act. So it's it's refreshing, I got to tell you, to hear that the DC uh, Circuit Court of Appeals is still sounds like they're not compromised, that they're still willing to look at things objectively and, and actually enforce the law. But now, absolutely. Yeah. Who, yeah, absolutely. who enforces their decisions, I guess, is my next question. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, It's the FCC that self-enforces. And therefore, it's really imperative for people to really put pressure on their federal representatives and tell them that they have to get the FCC to do the right thing and to comply with the law. Now, um, you know, here I'm just talking about 5G. I'm not I'm not including other issues. Yeah, I, I know. And I, I apologize for bringing that up. But yeah, I, I, I just, I just I'm seeing parallels. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm sure I'm sure there are parallels in a number of different areas. Mm -hmm. um, but I just I, the only thing that I, I can really talk about here is 5G. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I, I and, and so this actually goes into a whole no, bunch of health effects. And so what are what are some of those health effects? What are some of the potential health effects that 5G can cause? And um, and it, uh, we, it sounds like you were confirmed. People have already been injured and even died. So what are, what are some of these stories and, and some things that people can be on the lookout for? Okay. At the, at the heart of this issue is that the FCC and the telecommunications industry is making a distinction between ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation. Okay. Ionizing radiation is that radiation that will actually make uh, your skin heat up, your body heat up. 
And that is ionizing radiation. For instance, X-rays or gamma rays, I believe, okay. are, will heat up the skin. Mm -hmm. That has already been acknowledged to cause damage. Right. However, there's this false dichotomy going on that non-ionizing radiation, as long as your skin does not get heated up, Mm -hmm. does not cause damage. I don't mm -hmm. know where they came up with that. I don't know what scientific studies they, ca they came up with creating that false dichotomy, but that is a false dichotomy because it's very clear from scientific studies that non-ionizing radiation, radiation that does not heat up the skin, can cause injuries and has caused injuries. I want to talk to you about a couple of real-life cases. One is... A, a former actress who mm -hmm. lives in subsidized housing right now in New York City. And she happens to live on the top floor of her building. A couple of years ago, wireless transmitters were placed on, her on the roof of her building. She has a, it's a very large building. Okay. But for some reason, they, it was all concentrated right over, most of it was concentrated right over her apartment. Wow. As a result, a couple of weeks after they were installed, she started feeling electrical surges all the way up her neck and into her head. She okay. started getting heart arrhythmias, breathing difficulties, irritable bowel syndrome, and she has had persistent nausea and vomiting. Now imagine having, feeling nauseous and vomiting for two years on a consistent basis. The only place for her, her only safe haven, is to sleep at night in her hallway with the door open in order to get some relief. She, she's in subsidized housing. She, she can't afford to move. It's really horrendous. Now, her doctor, her doctor mm -hmm. had confirmed that her symptoms were caused by those wireless transmitters. Wow. And that there were many other people in that building, in the same building, who, by the way, experienced similar symptoms at the same time and who, coincidentally, also had the same doctor. Wow. So the doctor actually saw a pattern mm -hmm. immediately after these cell towers were placed up there these antennas were placed up there. Now, there's also a case of a, of a police lieutenant in Queens who used his life savings to buy this beautiful house. Mm -hmm. And he did that a few, a few years ago. He comes back from vacation and all of a sudden there are four wireless devices, wireless antennas right outside of his house. Mm -hmm. One that's line of sight with the third floor, one that's line of sight with the second floor, and one that's line of sight with the first floor. So and they're just beaming right into his house. So it's just beaming right into his house. He, he started getting heart arrhythmias, trouble breathing, couldn't sleep. And his, uh, his sister, who had just finished cancer treatment, was getting nauseous. And she spoke to her doctor. And the doctor said, if you stay there, your, your cancer is going to come back. His first, so she had to leave. Mm -hmm. His first floor tenants left because they couldn't stand the radiation. Right. And he himself had gone through very invasive cardiac procedures only to find out that there was nothing wrong with him. You know what he did in order to handle the situation? He's evacuated his own house and is now living with his girlfriend. And this is supposedly for the deionizing radiation, the radiation that's not supposed to do any harm, it's, right? It's not. It's not. It's not deionizing. It's 
non-ionizing. Excuse me, not, thank you for correcting me on that, non-ionizing radiation. So it's not supposed to do any harm, but clearly with, with these stories, it is. Yes, exactly. And I also know another story of, of a woman, as soon as I they believe they put smart meters in, uh, mm -hmm. which aren't so smart because they emit a lot of radiation. And she had to she had to get out of the building and she actually had to flee New York because she could not stand the radiation because her skin was burning. And these and, and I'm sure these people have gone through experiences working with medical professionals where they medical professionals are telling them it's all in your head. This is just all in your head. There, this is you're, you're, you. Don't go down the conspiracy theory track. You, you, what you're feeling isn't real, you know, and things like that. No, I don't. I, you know, maybe, but the, I, there, there may be some doctors who do that, but these doctors did not. Well, and thankfully, so the doctors. Yeah, thankfully, the doctors that did it are good doctors and saw patterns and and were able to understand that there's something much deeper going on here. And thank God for doctors like that. But I can't tell you as a doctor how many times I've had patients come to me. And they tell me something, they're like, you're the first person that's actually listened to me and believed me. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, I've wow. gone to 40 other people and they all think I'm crazy. And it's like, no, you're not crazy. You just, they didn't know where to look. They didn't know what to investigate. They didn't do their homework. You do your little bit of homework and you see that things are a problem. Exactly. And not only that, but the World Health Organization, one of the arms of the World Health Organization, mm -hmm. back in 2011, classified EMF, electromagnetic frequency, as a class 2B carcinogen, which means okay. it's a possible human carcinogen. Right. Then the Food and Drug Administration commissioned the largest study in the world, about $25 million, mm -hmm. in order to study cell phone radiation from, two, from 2G and 3G. And oh, and by the way, the 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 whose classification was also determined on just 2g and 3g not even wow. 5g so we're talking about very much lower frequencies sure and they and the national and it was a national toxicology program that conducted the research and they conducted it on rats and this was in 2018 when they concluded that exposure to emf radiation Mm -hmm. causes DNA damage, mm -hmm. brain tumors, mm -hmm. and heart tumors. Wow. And the the prestigious Ramazzini Institute mm -hmm. in the same year conducted a similar test and came out with the exact same results. That's how science is supposed to be done. Confirmatory that's research. Supposed, that's how science is supposed to be done. Correct. Except that what did the FDA do then? What communication did they send to the FCC regarding health effects for EMF radiation? What? They basically said, there's nothing to see here. You're fine. Wow. Because we said so, right? You're, you're fine because we said so. Forget, forget all. Look over here. Look over here. Don't look over there. Don't look over there where the actual science is being performed and being confirmed with other scientific studies. And we're actually looking at this objectively. Look over here. Look over here. There's nothing to see. What are insurance companies doing with respect to 5G injury claims? Well, I don't think they're doing anything because there's actually either an explicit exclusion or they're just not covering EMF injuries. And it's interesting because they're an objective arbiter of risk, right? Mm -hmm, they don't mm -hmm. have any skin in the game on whether 5G, no 5G. They, they're indifferent. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they're a very good objective barometer of risk. And they placed 5G at high risk. As a matter of fact, in one of the reports that I read, 
they refer to 5G as off the leash. Okay. When you say something is off the leash, that means it's unfettered and unconstrained. Agreed. So if... if and you know. they can't put a limit on the risk. So they don't want to cover risk the risk of injury. And... So if I get injured by 5G and, it's, and, and we've looked at the peer-reviewed literature, it's pretty well confirmed... And I try to go to my insurance company and say, hey, I, I have an injury claim here. Um, they would, would they honor it or would they deny it? Or is that they the million dollar question? They wouldn't even recognize it. They wouldn't even recognize it. Okay. All right. Well, that, that says a lot right there. That was something um, I, I know our phones are huge receptors. You know, so one of the things that I've been encouraging people, especially following the environmental working groups uh, report on cell phones and cell phone usage has been keep it off your body, keep it at a distance. Um, you know, I, I plug in and we'll put in some wired ears in when I'm, you know, talking on the phone, but I try my best to keep it off my body and away from my body. Um, we turn our router off at night. Uh, I've sworn that I'm not moving up to 5G phones and things like that, no matter how great the offer looks. I'm not inviting that into my life and, and things like that. Um, so it, it's nice to hear that some of what I've been saying and suspected is 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 confirmed um as I'll far it, and then just one other thing yeah, you, please. You, should, you should put your phone on airplane mode if you're not using it put it on airplane mode okay and still keep it away from your body okay so maybe at night when you're just because a lot of people use their phones now for um uh for uh alarms to wake up in the morning and things like that so at night maybe just put it on airplane mode if you keep it on okay sound that's and a, keep it and keep it far away from your body, like three, or three to six feet away. Also, what you can do is you there's this there's the distancing. That's the distancing, right? Right, <laughs> right. Because because as soon as you put distance, it exponentially decreases. But as you go closer, it exponentially increases. Increases. The other thing is, you can also buy a meter that will measure radio frequency radiation, the EMF radiation, at levels at which uh, you know, you can tell whether there's a biological harm, whether biological harm is going to happen. Okay. That is the Safe and Sound Pro 2 by SLT, Safe, I think, safelivingtechnologies.com. Mm -hmm. It's Safe and Sound Pro 2, and you can carry it with you to see where there are high levels of radiation out on the street as well as in your home. Okay. Well, there you go. There's an endorsement right there. And, and I'm sure you have no financial interest in that. I have no that financial advice. interest. Okay. I just like to let our audience know, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not advocating for something because we get a kickback, right? Right. I, I, I use it personally and it's actually been very good. Okay. Then uh, last question again, thank you so much. Um, but um, what can we regular folks like me uh, do to support your incredible work moving forward. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we don't have a website. We're still we're still a startup. <laughs> so we're starting to put our website together and our social platforms together. Definitely look out for wired broadband. But the very first thing I would do is to join a group near you. 
uh, like a safe technology group or a 5G group. And you can also contact me at info at wiredbroadband.org and we'll connect you to a group near you. The very first thing you need to do is you need to educate your local officials of their obligations to protect your health and safety. The FCC does not have that obligation and the federal government does not have that obligation. And as a matter of fact, the Telecommunications Act from which the FCC is getting its power actually states that the placement, construction, and modification of wireless devices is to be within the control of the local government. Mm -hmm. So if anybody tells you in your town hall meeting or your local government officials say, our hands are tied, they are not. What you need to do is you need to get a wireless ordinance or a, a communications ordinance. And the, the thing that the Telecommunications Act of 1996 requires is that a locality does not discriminate among different mm-hmm. wireless providers or wired providers. And so if you, have a wire, if you have a communications ordinance that tells you to put everything underground, everything has to go underground, there's no discrimination there. That's your ordinance. And that's one way to get away from uh, this onslaught of wireless in your neighborhood. And the other thing uh, you can tell your local officials is that under the Telecommunications Act, there are, in order, in order for a cell tower to be put in place, two conditions have to be met. First, that there's a substan- there's a, there is a substantial gap in cell phone service. Mm-hmm. And secondly, that in order to, f- to fulfill that gap, the least intrusive means has to be used. And what's happening right now is that people are showing it at their town hall meetings that there's no gap in service, and yet, and and the and they're using the most intrusive means possible by putting the 5G antennas right outside people's wow. homes, and that is not really in compliance with uh, what the Telecommunications Act uh, allows you to do, and how it's been interpreted by the courts. If there's a, they have to prove that there's a substantial gap in service and that they're using the least intrusive means possible. It seems to me that they're doing quite the opposite. And so that is the legal standard. And so you need to just let your federal officials know that the FCC is really galloping away from their responsibilities under the, in, under the National Environmental Policy Act for them to do an environmental assessment and that they have to stop the proliferation of 5G until there are safety standards. As a matter of fact, Senator Blumenthal of Connecticut had a hearing with the telecommunications industry in the Senate on Capitol Hill. And he asked them, have you done any studies in order to determine safety of 5G? And they said, not that we know of. So then Senator Blumenthal said, so that means that we're flying blind as far as health and safety mm-hmm. is concerned. And that's exactly what we're doing. And the first line of defense is our local officials and you need to hold them to account for, for that and that they have to protect your health and safety. Amen. All right. Well, folks, uh, Odette, thank you so much. Again, this is Miss Odette Wilkins, and you can reach her at info at wiredbroadband.org, O-R-G. Uh, thank you so much for all the work you're doing. Thank you so much for educating us on this really important topic. And uh, thank you for showing us where there are a lot of parallels with other things that are going on today. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. 
Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right, well... I first want to say thank you to Odette Wilkins and uh, all the brilliance that she shared uh, in that interview. It was enlightening, and I love learning new things, even when they're not so pleasant. I love learning new things, and we have a lot to fix. we got a lot to clean up. So how do you climb Mount Everest? Because it feels sometimes like that's what we're doing. You climb Mount Everest one step at a time. Let's make sure we're taking one positive step forward every day. Let's make sure we're honoring the health that we need to stay in this fight. Let's make sure that what we're doing is taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of those around us. And let's make sure that we're setting good examples for our children so that they can see what courage looks like in a time of trial. It is an honor of mine to stand beside you. It is an honor of mine to serve you and do everything I can to help position you to be a part of this solution. Make sure you check out covidcon21.com. We would love to have you join us there. There's a lot of free resources there regarding mandates and, and natural prevention strategies and early treatments. We want to bring everyone together, everyone who has a good heart. And you're a part of that solution. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening today. And we'll see you all next week. May God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone that you love, and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. H for Energetic Health Radio. I love everybody. Peace.